Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special Bella Asks episode of The Ethicast. I'm your host, Bill Coffin. As longtime members of the Business Ethics Leadership Alliance, or Bella, know, we offer a special concierge service whereby Bella members who have any questions at all about ethics and compliance can send them to us, and then our internal experts will provide an answer and or direct them to a helpful resource with more information. Some of these concierge requests are rather specific to a particular company's needs, but many of them represent broad challenges facing Bella members. That's why we're using this show to thematically respond to high-level questions from the Bella community. Joining us to give answers to those questions is Bella Chair Erica Salmon-Byrne. Erica, welcome. It's great to see you again. Bill, thank you so much for having me back. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to answer these questions. Well, the next one I have for you is a bit of a hot potato. It's a, a, a cross-function conundrum, if you will. Mm -hmm. It comes from our culture category, and it reads, how do you convince your human resources team to conduct a speak-up survey? The question for the ages, Bill. Yeah, this one, <laughs> this, we get this one all the time. Um, and it is, it is a challenge, right? It is a challenge. And it's a challenge for a couple of reasons, right? It is a challenge because there is a legitimate fear of over-surveying employees, right? There's mm -hmm. absolutely survey fatigue. We all get surveyed everywhere we go. I try to check out at the grocery store and it's like, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to you know, recommend blah, blah, blah to your friends and family? I'm like, I'm yeah. just trying to buy milk. Come on, right? <laughs> so there's, there's, there's absolutely a fear of over-surveying. There is a very robust data set and, and, and a very established practice inside a lot of organizations of running employee engagement surveys. And so when a compliance team is thinking, we would like to run a speak up culture survey, it, you very often run into this brick wall that is HR's engagement survey. And the answer is, well, we're already surveying on engagement. We don't need to do another survey. And in fact, that's that's very much not the case. And, and here are a couple of the reasons that you can give your HR team to um, explain how you can, how not only you can use the data from a, from a speak up culture survey, but they can use the data from a speak up culture survey and all of the reasons why these two data sets actually work really nicely together. So the typical engagement survey gives the HR team a lot of actionable data on compensation, on benefits, on how people feel about their work environment, things along those lines. What they are less good at is giving you a really good sense of the extent to which people feel psychologically safe using their voice at work, and the extent to which a particular manager is supporting that kind of psychologically safe work environment. So that's point one. So data sets go after, data sets go after slightly different things, um, that, and, and they don't necessarily lend themselves to the kind of analysis that a speak up culture survey does. Point two is any survey, speak up culture survey, engagement survey, doesn't matter which one, is a point in time measurement. So if you can run a speak up culture survey, that is on an off cycle from your engagement survey, then you are going to start to get a more regular uh, set of insights about what might be happening across a particular part of the business. Third piece is these two data sets inform each other. So if you have a manager that is not scoring particularly well on the traditional engagement survey questions, and you have that same department that does not score particularly well on speak up culture, you can go and get in front of that problem faster than if you're relying on just the engagement survey data. So complementary data sets, um, data sets that are getting at different data points and data, set, data sets that can come from different points in time. 
all ways that these two things play really nicely together. So Bill, if you're the director of HR, you might say to me, great, Erica, but what about that over-surveying problem, right? Totally legitimate concern. Over-surveying is really a problem when employees don't feel like anything's happening with the questions you're already asking. If I feel like my company takes my point of view seriously, and I can point to things that I have seen change as a result of prior surveys, you can survey me every month and I don't care, right? Like I will give you my opinion over and over and over again. It's not a problem. The challenge comes when I feel like you're asking me for my opinion and not listening. So I would posit that the problem is actually less over surveying and more under action on existing data sets than anything else. So show your HR team what you will do with the speak up culture data. Because if you do that and you can talk to employees about how you're planning on utilizing the results, you will see less pushback on the surveying process. There's also lots of creative ways that you can include the survey. You can embed it in training, right? There's lots of ways that we see companies doing those pieces. But I would say push back on the over-surveying piece because it's actually not over-surveying. It's people feeling like their voices aren't heard. Outstanding. Well, it's great to hear you talk about this, and especially on a topic of such critical importance as speak up culture, which we all know is just part and parcel of a robust culture of ethics and just a healthy workplace environment in general. So really appreciate your insights on this and really appreciate uh, you answering this question from the Bella community. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Bill. And uh, anybody out there who's wondering on um, the culture piece in particular, again, we have so much on culture. We've been working in this area for a long time. It is uh, as long time Ethicast members or Ethicast listeners rather will know um, the hill I'm going to die on. So, uh, you know, <laughs> don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions on this topic in particular. Uh, this is my favorite thing to talk about. I'm Bill Coffin, and this has been a special Bella Asks episode of the Ethicast. For more episodes, please visit the Ethisphere YouTube channel at youtube.com slash ethisphere. And if this is your first time enjoying the show, please make sure to like and subscribe either on YouTube or on our podcasting platforms at Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music. To learn more about Bella, please visit bella.ethosphere.com to request guest access to the Bella Member Resource Hub and to speak to a Bella Engagement Director. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, remember, strong ethics is good business.